The following is a reflection on the readings for Tuesday of the fourth week of Easter. The first reading is taken from Acts chapter 11, verses 19 to 26. The responsorial is Psalm 87, and the gospel is John chapter 10, verses 22 to 30. Today's gospel begins with Jesus at the Jewish feast of the dedication. This was the last of the feasts inaugurated in the Old Testament and emerged out of the dramatic events in 1st and 2nd Maccabees. The Syrian king, Antiochus Epiphanes IV, who reigned from 175 to 164 BC, attempted to eliminate the Jewish faith in an effort to unify all people under his rule in the pagan religion of the Greeks, including all their gods. Needless to say, many Jews resisted this outrage, and the revolt, led by Judas Maccabeus and his brothers, finally prevailed in 164 BC. Since the temple had been desecrated and a desolating sacrifice offered on the altar, the latter had to be rebuilt and both reconsecrated. Once completed, the temple was rededicated and to celebrate, an annual feast was initiated which included an eight-day celebration of lights beginning on December 25th. This is why the feast is sometimes referred to as the Festival of Lights, observed by the lighting of a candelabrum with nine branches called a menorah. It is also known as Hanukkah. What is ironic is that in the midst of the feast, Jesus is present, who is the light of the world and the new temple. He has come to bring his light into our darkness so that we may worship him in spirit and truth. When he says to the Jewish leaders, the Father and I are one, this is a direct claim to divinity, since the Father is Yahweh, the great I Am, proclaimed to the Israelites of the Old Testament. Furthermore, Jesus demonstrates his identity as the Messiah by the healing works predicted of the future Messiah in Isaiah chapter 35. Hence, in response to the question, Are you the Messiah? Jesus says, The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. Yet the Jewish leaders remain obstinate and refuse to believe. Jesus, in an act of great mercy, then adds a remarkable statement, quote, My sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. End of quote. This is one of those Bible verses that deserve to be committed to memory. It gives us great assurance, especially when we are going through a time of trial, darkness, doubt, suffering, and as our death approaches. As the Good Shepherd, Jesus protects those who follow him. The wolf or thief that try to steal our eternal happiness have no power against Jesus and his Father. One is reminded of St. John's vision of the 144,000 saints in heaven, all with the names of the Father and Jesus written on their foreheads, Revelation chapter 14. That is why, in Psalm 23, we hear, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Book of Wisdom, chapter 3, verse 1, adds, quote, The souls of the just are in the hand of God, and no torment shall touch them. It is only our deliberate choice to gravely sin and walk away from this relationship that puts us in peril. But even here, the Church, which is the new temple of Jesus' body, has been granted authority to protect the flock through the sacraments. When, by the grace of God, we hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and believe, fear is quelled, and we receive inspiration to become ourselves a voice proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. This is how the early church grew, as we witness in the first reading from Acts chapter 11. Though persecution against the church persisted, it had the positive effect of spreading the faith to the Gentiles. The first few verses describe the reaction. Quote, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. End of quote. Notice that the hand of the Lord was with them, repeating the book of wisdom. The souls of the just are in the hands of God. This signifies the Holy Spirit active in the lives of those who follow and trust the Good Shepherd, but the positive consequences continue to flow. Quote, News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for an entire year they met with the church and taught a great many people, and it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. End of quote. Those sheep who listened to the Good Shepherd and believed now became themselves Good Shepherds, who used their gifts to build the church, Barnabas, for example, had the charism of generosity and encouragement. Earlier in the Acts of the Apostles, he was among the first of those who sold their holdings and laid the proceeds at the feet of the Apostles for use in the Jerusalem community. Now he is sent by the Jerusalem church to Antioch, where many Gentiles lived. His original name was Joseph but was later changed by the apostles to Barnabas. Names in sacred scripture are very important and tell us something of the very essence or character of the person, especially when the person's name has been changed in view of his ministry. St. Luke tells us that the name Barnabas means son of encouragement, and this was certainly the charism through which he had a major impact in the early church. He was the first to meet Paul after his conversion, when many Christians were afraid 
and thought Paul might be laying a trap to arrest more Christians. Barnabas, knowing Paul's conversion story and his gift of preaching, introduced him to the apostles, vouched for him, and encouraged Paul in his ministry. This explains why he fetched Paul from his hometown of Tarsus to help teach new converts in Antioch who needed encouragement. As a consequence, that city is where the disciples were first called Christians. In our own day, the church continues to grow, as does the need for constant outreach into a secular culture. We will only succeed to the extent that Christ's light shines in and through us, and the hand of God is guiding the mission. Let us therefore continue to listen to the voice of our Good Shepherd, trust in His leading, and act on our particular charisms, whether they be generosity and encouragement like Barnabas, or preaching and teaching like Paul, or any of the other dozens of charisms listed in the New Testament, all the while remembering the promise of Jesus that He and the Father have us firmly in their grasp, and that no one will snatch us out of their hands. Let us pray. God of everlasting mercy, who in the very reoccurrence of the Paschal Feast kindled the faith of the people you have made your own, increase, we pray, the grace you have bestowed, that all may grasp and rightly understand in what font they have been washed, by whose spirit they have been reborn, by whose blood they have been redeemed. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God for ever and ever. Amen.